Well, good morning, mates. Surprise. I am not Pastor Bryce Taylor. So on Thursday, Bryce and I were having a conversation. I said, what are the odds that uh, your wife goes into labor Sunday morning? I'm on call. So here I am. Ah, You laugh. You laugh. You laugh. That's good. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate the, the love in the room this morning. You know, I got a text message at 4.35 this morning. I woke up to it at 5 o'clock. So thankfully, the spirit moved enough to wake me out of my slumber at 5 o'clock and be like, hey, you got something to plan for this morning because you got to preach. So, uh, so yeah, here I am. I, I, I'm asking for grace this morning. Uh, uh, I told the 8 o'clock service, and it'll be interesting this morning if you watch uh, for the sound guys back there. Every service is probably going to be very different this morning because I got a yellow piece of paper with a few notes on. That's what I got right here. So fun times. Uh, but uh, I told 8 o'clock, this, 8 o'clock this morning that uh, I'm, I'm not a pastor that has this huge archives of sermons to go back to uh, and kind of as a resource uh, I, I don't do that, I don't usually, and, and so this morning I got up at five, I got ready, and I started reading the word, and uh, I'm coming this morning with a few words that uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart, and I'm really leaning in on the Spirit this morning uh, to, to guide my, my thoughts and conversation. So uh, I feel it necessary this morning to, to start by praying. Uh, because uh, if we don't start there, man, we, we might get off track right away. So uh, let's, let's pray. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord God, thank you uh, for the opportunity to gather this morning. First off, God, uh, I want to lift up to you Pastor Bryce and Christina as, uh, as Christina's in labor and, and they're anticipating uh, baby boy number eight uh, sometime today. Uh, we are excited for them and we celebrate with them, but we also know that it's uh, it's. It's a, it's a big deal to, to deliver a baby and bring a new child into your home. And so we ask a blessing upon them this morning uh, as, as they uh, have delivery. And we ask that you be the doctors and nurses and all those involved at the hospital uh, as they bring this new baby into the world. I pray for good health and strength uh, for all involved. Lord, I, I now lift to you this morning, Holy Spirit, I, I, I fall at my knees before you this morning and ask that you would uh, give me the words to speak. Uh, Holy Spirit, direct my thoughts and, and guide me as I lay out uh, what you've laid on my heart. And we ask that you would uh, make each of us uh, aware and alert to what you are teaching us. Lord, teach me uh, as I come before this, this church family and share uh, a few thoughts. Uh, may the words not be my own words, but words that are coming directly from you uh, through my lips to this church this morning. Got to surrender it to you. Uh, may you increase in the process, and, and may we as uh, your followers decrease as well. Just pray us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So this morning we are beginning this new series we're calling Face to Face. Uh, and it's really the story of Moses. Uh, and we're going to spend the next eight weeks just exploring what, uh, so, some parts of Moses' life. And if you know the story of Moses in the book of Exodus, it's a, it's a long book. It's a lot of, a lot of ups and downs. And, and we know that Moses' life uh, is important. 
There's, there's aspects of his life that we want to lean in on and explore and, and look at because we can learn a lot from how he lived his life. Uh, we know throughout Scripture, old and new, that Moses is probably one of the uh, most uh, talked about people in the Bible. I think it's close to 800 times in Scripture uh, the name of Moses is mentioned as, as someone to look at or learn from or, or to, uh, to, to, to uh, explore his life from. So uh, there's value, there's importance in, in this life of Moses. And so this morning, as we begin this new series that we're calling Face to Face, we want to look at these moments. We know from Moses' story that he had face-to-face moments with God. These moments where he was like burning bush moment, right? Where he sees the bush burning and he walks up to it and, and it's God speaking to him through the burning bush. And he, he had a face-to-face moment with, with God on the mountain and, and all throughout life. And so as we look at to our pasts, as we look at our our life stories, when have we had face-to-face moments with God? There's moments where we can say like, whoa, that that moment right there was like, it was right here. I was with God. I was face-to-face. I was learning. I was leaning in. I was growing closer to this, to the creator of the universe, the one who dictates everything. And so those face-to-face moments become important parts of our stories as we live out our day-to-day lives. This morning I want to spend a, a good portion of the time reading uh, from Exodus 1 and 2 uh, because I think we need to start with the Word, start with Scripture, and, and, and we're going to dig into God's Word, and as, as I read, we'll, we'll unpack a few thoughts that I, that I feel that the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus chapter 1, we're going to start reading in verse 8, uh, and then I'm going to read the rest of verse, uh, chapter 1 and then pause. Uh, We know from uh, history that Exodus is the second book of the Bible. If you if you don't know the Bible, it's the second book, and Genesis is the story of creation and fall and and this this laying out, and it ends with the story of Joseph. And Joseph's story is a beautiful one. We could spend weeks talking about him, but, uh, but Joseph is in Egypt and, and he's brought the Israelites there and, and they're living out there in, e- in Egypt. And now we come to Exodus 1. It begins in verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he, he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they said, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for, for Pharaoh cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they were ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one was named Shiphrah, and the other, uh, Pooh, I guess. I don't know how to pronounce the names. P. Starts with P. I apologize 
for anyone who knows scripture better than I do. We'll just call, call her P. All right. Uh, when you serve as midwife, as the midwife to the Hebrew woman and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, you sh- she shall live. The midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. But let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this? And let the male children live. And the midwives said to the Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are, are not like the Egyptian women. They are more vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God and gave the, them families, he gave them families, then Pharaoh commanded his people, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. So I'm going to pause there. And as I was reading this passage this morning and, and kind of processing some, some things that stood out to me that I felt like maybe would be uh, good to share, or important to share, I, I really felt there was two, two things that popped out in this passage. And, and really it's one thing, but two aspects of it. And it's fear. As I read through chapter one of Exodus, I see fear being a key player in what's happening in this, in this, in this passage. We see two types of fear. Uh, the fear of Pharaoh first. We see Pharaoh being fearful of the people. It's, it's a, a fear of man, right? A fear of these Israelites, or they're growing, their, their numbers are increasing, and, and they're becoming so great that he's like, man, if I don't do something about these people soon, if I don't stop their, their, the growth of the Israelite people, they're gonna like join, team, team up and join the neighboring the, country and they're going to come in and they're going to just take over or they might just leave. And so this fear of man drove Pharaoh to do things that were unheard of. He, he enslaved the people. He, he made his edict that said, hey, all the male boys of the Israelites should be put to death. Don't let them live. They need to die in, in order to stop the growth of, these, of, these, of this nation. And so this fear of man drove him to do these terrible things to these people. His fear drove him to, to be more concerned about his nation and, and the things of the world than he was about things of God. But the other type of fear, the other fear I see in this, this first few verses of Exodus is a fear that the midwives had. Midwives, it says twice, the midwives feared God. And this fear of God drove them to make decisions that went against Pharaoh. They didn't allow a fear of Pharaoh, their, their king, to drive them to, to actually follow through with the things that he ordered them to do. He, they feared God enough to be like, oh, wait a minute, uh, I think we should just leave these, these, kids, these children live. We're going to let them survive. We're not going to put them to death. We're not going to end their lives early. And so this fear of God drove them to something that was far greater, far better and it says in, in the passage that, that they, the midwives, that God dwelt well with the midwives and their families grew and they multiplied and, and they, they, they had fruit of, from their choice of fearing God over fearing man. And so we see that there's two different types of fear and, and something I want us to think about this morning is what is our fear driving us to do right now? Is our fear of man controlling us 
Or is our fear of God driving us to deeper faith in him? The story goes on and we, we read of the birth of, of Moses, right? And for many of us, and, and I had to think of, uh, of Pastor Bryce and Christina as they, they bring this new child into the, to the world this morning. Uh, of, of they're bringing a, a baby, number eight, into the a world where it's, it's not the best situation is it there's fear and as, as I, I was thinking about when I had my kids back in a few years ago uh, there's always this underlying fear okay what's the world gonna be like for my child as they raise as they live and kind of develop and and grow up and so as a parent if, if you're a parent you know what it's like to to bring a child into the world and and have that fear of the unknown or the uncertainty of what the world is going to hold for that for that little one so we see Moses being born into this, this situation that was not the best. I mean, the reality is that he should have been put to death, but his parents' faith in God was greater than a fear of Pharaoh, and it drove them to allow their son to live. And Moses then becomes this, uh, this leader who drives uh, who takes the people out of Egypt and brings redemption. And we see unfolding in the rest of Exodus this story of, uh, of God pursuing and redemption and, and there's beauty in what happens because Moses is born. It's a picture of, I think, future of New Testament, of Jesus being born and what he brings into the world. And also Jesus be, was born in a time when it probably wasn't real great as well. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she, was, when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and dab, dab, dabbed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And, she, and his sister, Moses' sister, stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young, while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to the Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse from the Hebrew woman to nurse the child for you? The Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And, the, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. So as we think about the story of, of Moses again being born in, in circumstances that were not ideal for a child, especially a boy, to be born. We see the faith of his mother. 
the faith of Moses' mother, who, who her faith was so strong that she said, wait a minute, this child, there's something fine, there's something unique about him. I, I can't just throw him into the water. Like the Pharaoh said, her fear of Pharaoh did not drive her just to do what he was, she was called, she was ordered to do. She's like, no, wait, I, I know the history book. I know Genesis. I know the story up until this point. And, and there's a story of Noah and the ark. And Noah, she knew that Noah built this ark uh, of, and, and in that ark, Noah's family and animals were saved and they were brought out of, of the flood. And if you read scripture and if you look at the word for basket, it would have been similar to ark. And so there's a similarity that the, Moses' mother's faith drove her to build his mini ark for her, for her son. And she put him in this little ark that floated it down a river in order that hopefully something good would happen. And she sends her, her daughter out and says, go watch and see what's gonna happen to your brother. And God's provision allowed for Pharaoh's daughter to, to be there, right? And, and to be present and, and see this basket. And, and she says, go and get the basket. And in that moment, her compassion drove her because she, the baby was crying. And you have to think, okay, this, this daughter of Pharaoh, the daughter who her dad had made these orders, these edicts to, to kill all boys that were born to the Hebrews. And all of a sudden she finds her in herself in this moment, right? Or she has the decision to make. Am I going to, to uh, take this child and take care of it? Or am I going to follow my dad's orders and, 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 and end the life? Thankfully, and through God's provision, she had compassion and she says, okay, I'm gonna, gonna take this child in. And she sees that there's something unique about this child because she, she has pity on him. And she has the sister of Moses go and, and get the mom, right, the, to nurse this child. And, and what we see cool about the story is that not only does Moses' mom uh, get to nurse her son for, for the next few years and, and wean him, but she also gets a double blessing as the Pharaoh's daughter also provides some financial support in order for her to take care of the child. So God working out the details through this situation. I think it's pretty significant that Pharaoh's daughter did not allow the fear of her father to cause her to make a decision about this child that would have changed the course of history. She allowed something different to happen and it paved a way for history to be written and Moses' life to continue beyond that point. So there's two different fears in Exodus 1 and 2. The fear of Pharaoh who feared man, feared this, this, uh, this, what would happen if the Israelites would continue to grow and, and thrive there's a fear of the midwives who feared God enough to say, okay, I'm not going to follow through with the orders of the Pharaoh. What fear are you living in this morning? As you look back over your face-to-face moments with God, have there been moments in your life where you've been face-to-face and in that moment you had to make a decision on fear? Like uh, the fear of the unknown or the uncertainty of making this decision or the fear of, okay, being comfortable or knowing that this is the right thing, maybe the, the easier path to take. As I was processing and thinking through uh, my life journey this morning, uh, early morning this morning, 
I was, I was reminded of a moment in, in my, my life journey as, as I felt the call to come into ministry. Back in 2003, I was, there was, I was volunteering in, in ministry here and, and kind of falling in love with, with being involved in, in church. Uh, but there was a decision that had to happen in order to, to open up the doors in order for me to be in full-time ministry. And so in that year of 2003, it was, it was probably around March or so, uh, I decided to step away from uh, the business, uh, the family business, and, and, and kind of work in construction. My son was born in March. Our second son, our second, son, second child son was born in March, and I was stepping away from comfort of, of being in a family business and knowing that my life path was pretty comfortable. But, it, but in that uncertainty, I knew that God was calling me to something different, right? Something better, something, something more unique. And I didn't know the story yet. I didn't know what God was going to lead me. But I didn't allow the fear of the uncertainty or the unknown to have me continue living in a path that was maybe not the right fit. And so I, I stepped away from the business and, and went into construction. And over the course of the next few months, I felt this calling, this leading to, to, to go full-time ministry. And, and I went back to school and did a whole bunch of stuff to kind of get me to where I am today. But I had to think about the, that face-to-face moment because over the course of that, you know, March to, to July, I had these moments where I was praying and crying out to God and, and, and processing, okay, here I am face to face with God and it's a, it's a critical moment in my life. I can continue living this path and being who is comfortable and is good and there's nothing wrong with it, but, or I could take some steps in a different direction and go with God's will, what he was laying in my heart to be maybe the new course and so I was choosing between, you know, fear of man and, and fear of knowing of, of, of things were set or fear of the unknown or, and fear, allowing the fear of God and my faith in God to drive me to make decisions that would lead me to a life in ministry. So this morning, as, as you think about your, your own personal journeys, as you think about those face-to-face moments where you, you come before God and you say, I have a decision to make. We all, we were living in 2020, 2020, in circumstances that are driven by fear. And each of us in, in this moment, school starting tomorrow, right? And, and in, a, in that alone, there's fear, right? There's uncertainty, there's unknowns, and there's, that we have decisions as followers of Jesus to allow our faith to drive us and lead us in the direction towards God, or we can allow fear to lead us in some other way. We have a decision to make. We have a, faith, a moment in our lives to determine, are we going to lean in to our faith and, our, and following Jesus and God? We allow our faith in God like Moses' mother and the midwives in the, in the story, their faith drove them to a decision that was not what man was telling them to do. So I encourage you to, to really lean in and think hard about what fear is driving you to do in your current circumstances now and in your past and in the future. Because fear can, can, has power. Fear has, can have a lot of control in our lives. And if we allow fear to, to win out, my, my concern would be that we could potentially get off course. And it could lead us to 
something that uh, maybe we didn't think we would do. I'm going to close, and the band can come, come up, and they're going to close in a few songs. I'm going to close by reading Hebrews 11, verse 23. Hebrews 11 is the, the hall of faith. It's this chapter in, script, in, in the New Testament just lays out these men and women who had great faith, and, and it, it talks about Moses in verse 23. And I think it's a, it's a picture of his faith. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Moses' parents had great faith, faith enough to, to not allow the, the Pharaoh's edict to drive them to do, make a decision to, to end their child's life, but they put him in a basket, they floated him down a river, and they said, by faith, God has this child. We know that Moses lived a life that changed many lives and changes our lives. Would you join with me as I close in a word of prayer? God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we are able to gather freely and and worship you. God, we know that you as followers that we are going to have face-to-face moments. These moments when we come face-to-face with you and, and situations and we're like, okay, uh, I'm listening, God, and I, I want to do the right thing. And so we ask that you uh, give us the, the courage to, to not allow fear to drive us to make decisions that are away from your, your desire for our lives. May we choose your will and your path and Father, I also lift up to you anyone in this room right now who, who does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Because uh, for me, God, I know that my relationship with you is, is what keeps me going. And it's what gives me the ability to, to not allow a fear of man to control me, but recognize that my fear for you and my faith in you is what, what drives my day-to-day life. And so, Lord, if there's anyone in this room, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in their hearts right now and give them a desire to be in relationship with you. And give them a desire to cry out to you, Lord Jesus, I need you. Holy Spirit, work in in the lives in this room as followers of Jesus. May we live our lives not living out of fear of man, but living out of a fear of of you and knowing that you are in control. You are sovereign and you love us and you have a perfect plan for each of our lives. God, we lift to you this day and we surrender all things to your name. In Jesus' precious name, amen.